You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Live from the Packernet Podcast Studios, this is Packers Total Access. Welcome in, guys. Pull up a seat. My name is Clayton Bailey. I'm going to be your host, uh, what I call the uh, redneck fanalist. And uh, first of all, I want to thank Ryan Schlipp for the uh, opportunity to kind of join the Packernet Podcast family and, um, and and join in on Talking Packers. We're all passionate about it. And I thought I would take uh, just a second real quick to kind of introduce myself. Again, my name is Clayton Bailey. A little bit about me, guys. I was actually uh, been a Packer fan since 2003. Um, it, it really just kind of sprung up on me. It was uh, by surprise, to be honest with you. Um, I was a Packer. Uh, I was a uh, huge college football fan, right? And I love the pageantry of college football back then. I know a lot of things have changed. That was back in, uh, like I said, 2003. And Really, I kept hearing about the tradition, the history, all of this stuff about the Green Bay Packers. And I used to think, oh, yeah, it's, it's always Packer fans telling me that. And uh, finally, one day, I, I just happened to be in a, a retail store and I came across a DVD set. I'm kind of dating myself here, right? But it was a DVD box set, The History of the Green Bay Packers. And and I thought, man, I, I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it and just kind of see what all the hoopla is about it and probably never watch it again. And I, I'll tell you. I got through that DVD set and I was I was amazed. Uh, I had no idea that they were you know publicly owned, um, you know owned by the uh, the community there in Green Bay and by stockholders and and just loved everything about the the story of the Green Bay Packers and fell in love with Lambeau Field and it was literally a couple weeks later. Um, you know I was on my way to Green Bay to watch the Packers Bears play. It was their their first home game that year. It was actually an alumni game, so we had you know Paul Horning and uh, and all the you know Bart Starr, all the legends down on the field on the sidelines. The atmosphere was unbelievable. Even the Bears fans were were passionate, but they to me I didn't experience anything rude. It was just an awesome, awesome environment experience. And uh, and at the time, you know, it was my girlfriend that went with me. She's now my wife. We've been married for what feels like forever, but at the same time, uh, time flies when you're having fun. We've uh, we've had a blast. She's a huge Packer fan. Jumped right on board with me, and we've had a great time. But uh, that's how I became a Packer fan. It happened in 2003. I tell people all the time I don't claim the Super Bowl in 96 because I wasn't around, and I'm definitely not a bandwagon type fan. Um, but I obviously uh, was jacked that, you know, just seven, eight years later, whatever it was, we uh, got the first Super Bowl uh, ring, and it was really cool to see that happen. I'm also a two-time stockholder. Uh, you know, uh, my wife had bought me stock Back in the, I believe it was the 2010 drive, actually uh, the year, I think they did it actually the year after the Packers won the Super Bowl is when everything was complete and then purchased stock this time around too. And we'll get into that a little bit later, but um, let me talk about this podcast. I just thought it was important to introduce myself so you know exactly who I am. I'm just a Packer fan like you guys. And what we wanted to do is put together a podcast that kind of runs down all the Packer news 
almost like in a ticker form where it's just rapid fire. Um, so you can pick up this podcast outside of the Packernet podcast where Ryan goes really in depth and does an excellent job of, of explaining certain aspects of the franchise and what's going on around the league and all that. But this is just going to be news and notes, what's going on with the Packers, rapid fire. You can pop this podcast on while you're at work, on the go, whatever and get all the information you need about our beloved uh, Green Bay Packers. So um, we're going to talk a little bit of everything from time to time. We'll talk about, you know, uh, strategic aspect of football, you know, X's and O's, personnel, um, alignment, all that stuff. What are the Packers doing uh, behind the scenes that's that's working, what's not working? And we want to give everybody a platform where they can kind of voice their opinion as well. Um, that, we, we've got a lot, of, a lot of ambitions about what this show could be, whether we walk it out. It's a whole different ballgame. Um, I'm hoping we take it to the limit because I would love to be able to just add something to this Packerbacker community and uh, and kind of give back a little bit because this team, this fan base, the people I've got to meet along the way. Um, I was actually up at Lambeau Field this year and watched the Seahawks game, uh, my wife and I, and it's the first time we actually sat inside. We got the inside club seat, so we were in a box. And, and just the people that we got to meet, every trip we get to meet, it's from, you know, Family members, you know, there might be a whole family there watching the game. I got to sit in front of a, an old-timer who he looked like he was probably in his 70s, and he had been to Packer, you know, way, way more Packer games, obviously, than I have. And just hearing his perspective on the team and what Murphy's done and, and where everything's going is just really cool. So um, I, I say that because this team has given so much back to me, um, this organization and how – um, it's just added a lot of joy to my life and, and through some hard times too, you know, had had a pretty rough couple of years and you could always lean on that Packer fan base if you stay away from the toxic ones and we all know they're out there, right? So uh, you just got to steer clear of them and let's create this tight-knit community and let's build off of what Ryan has done so well. Packernet Podcast is the first podcast I've ever seen that he, he really strives to do a podcast every single day, even in the off season. And that's something I really, really appreciate. So we're going to, like I said, rapid fire news and notes, what's going on with the Packers. So you can tune into this podcast, get some news and then tune into Ryan's podcast on the daily and, and get some other great information. So uh, with that, let's start with coaching hires. I mean, that's, what's been the big news here lately outside of contract negotiations, but what we are going to cover is coaching hires. There's a few of those. And we're going to talk about some salary cap implications and things that's happened as far as restructuring and what it looks like for the future. A couple rumors, and then we're going to talk about next dates, some of the dates that are coming up on the NFL calendar that we as Packer fans need to be aware of, and you can kind of understand how everything unfolds. Um, you're going to hear my opinion from time to time. I'm going to try to keep it as clean as possible. Everybody, anytime someone's passionate about something, whether it's sports or uh, God forbid you talk about politics nowadays. My goodness, are we divided? But that's that's a topic for another day. But uh, I'm going to try to keep my personal feelings out of this as much as possible. I'm going to give you my opinion, but I want this, like I said, to just leave an open platform. And there's no there's no uh, no opinion that's that's a wrong one. You know, everybody's got a voice here. And as we move forward doing this, we just want to kind of create even more conversation and be constructive, be respectful, but at the same time have some fun cut loose. You know, we're going to we're gonna have a blast. But uh, anyway, so let's jump right into it. Coaching hires, I'm really excited about the coaching hires. Uh, you know, the big one for me, even more so than the special teams coordinator, um, which we'll talk about in just a second, um, was Tom Clements. You know, we brought back Tom Clements as the quarterback coach. And for those of you who don't know, he was on Mike McCarthy's staff, and, and I believe he was is a very very key um, you know cog in that uh, in that offensive system he has taken a lot of credit and rightfully so 
for uh, or given, I shouldn't say he's taken, but he's been given a lot of credit and rightfully so for the development of Aaron Rodgers. And, and Aaron Rodgers thinks very, very highly of Tom Clements. You know, some of the best statistical years, even Rodgers coming off of back-to-back MVPs right now, um, some of his best statistical years was when Tom Clements was in the building. So he's definitely someone that Rodgers trusts. Um, you're probably already understanding how I feel about the Aaron Rodgers situation. Whether he leaves or stays, I'm still a Packer fan, right? That has no bearing on whether I'm a Packer fan. Um, but I'm, I think we all could pretty much agree that these moves, everything that's taken place, Rodgers is coming back. And, you know, the mainstream media is trying to ride that on out and try to make it a story and create division and get the clicks and all that. But you can pretty much put it in the bank that Rodgers is coming back now, which is exciting. I mean, he's the MVP. Um, I don't think he's near the drama queen that the media makes him out to be. It's amazing how if you just remove the media immediately and just looked at Aaron Rodgers and what he has said, what he has done, I don't really see much wrong with what he's done. But if you listen to the media talk about what Aaron Rodgers has done, it's always things like drama queen. Um, you know, he we're going to address a, a rumor that recently come out that he was seeking fifty million dollars, right? Uh, there's just a lot of a lot of spin that goes in with the media. I'm not saying Rogers is perfect. There's been a couple of times, man. I'm be honest. I was like, we just need to get this dude out of here, right? He's uh, I've had enough, you know, of the back and forth and the just always in the limelight. But at the same time, it's not like the guy outside of the McAfee shows running around saying, "Interview me, interview me." If anything, the media has bashed him because he's been so off limits in that regard. But he's tried to help his buddy AJ Hawk out, and uh, and became good friends with Pat McAfee along the way. And lo and behold, anytime he talks, the media wants to pick it apart. But when it comes to Tom Clements, I mention all that because Tom Clements is someone that can really harness that. And you know, I got a Rogers quote here that Rogers said some time ago about Tom Clements. He said, "Quote: I learned from Tom Clements. We always had three mortal sins. Don't throw late down across the middle. Don't make any blind throws, and no premeditated decisions." I'm gonna read it one more time. Don't throw late down the middle. Don't make any blind throws, and no premeditated decisions. Right. Um, What's the big knock on Rodgers this year? Even though he won MVP and statistically he ripped the, ripped the thing out of the frame, right? But he couldn't win the big game, and why? The big knock has been because he's locked on Devontae Adams. Now, a lot of that comes with the fact that it was Devontae's contract year. Rodgers and him are really good buddies. Um, a lot goes into the factor that uh, the fact that Devontae Adams is such an elite receiver, too. But I think what you're going to see here with Tom Clements being added on board is that last part of that quote, no premeditated decisions. How many times do we feel like Rodgers came to the line and you knew from the get-go, he's just going to Tay. He's just going to Tay. Whether you agree with it or not, there wasn't much progression going on, especially in that San Francisco game. I mean, when you look at him throwing late down the middle in double coverage, it's easier said than done when you got one of the Bosa boys, you know, Climbing, climbing all over you all game long. It's easy to say, oh, why didn't he throw the open guy? But it's pretty obvious at the same time, he really keyed in on Tay, right? He really, really did key in on Tay. So with that being said, um, I think Tom Clements is going to be a huge hire um, there at quarterback coach. Now, special teams coordinator, what was the other thing we felt like lost that game against San Francisco? It was the special teams. It's pretty obvious, right? It's easy to say, pick out one play where Rodgers threw in the double coverage to Devontae Adams and say that cost us the game. But let's be honest, special teams, just one 
of the many blunders, if one of the many blunders did not happen in that game, they're going to the NFC Championship. So I'm really excited about special teams coordinator Rich Masaccia being hired. You know, he came in from the Las Vegas Raiders. He was the special teams coordinator before John Gruden um, got pushed out of uh, his spot, and rightfully so. That's just my opinion. Um, you know, you can't say the things he said and keep a job nowadays. It just doesn't happen. I'm not big on cancel culture. I'm big on forgiveness and grace and all that stuff. But at the same time, I can understand why they pushed him out. But it's it's pretty unique that the Las Vegas Raiders, out of their entire coaching staff, chose Rich Basaccia to lead that team. And what did he do as the head coach? A special teams coordinator being immediately promoted to head coach, he leads the team to the playoffs, right? The players obviously responded to him. Now, a lot of Packer haters, even people within the Packer fan base, some of those toxic people, immediately look at his special teams numbers, statistics from a team standpoint last year and go, why did we hire this guy? He stunk. He doesn't stink. Understand, for most of the year, he was not the special teams coordinator. Remember, he took over as head coach. That should naturally tell you that someone got promoted to special teams coordinator. Either someone got promoted, that it was premature and they actually didn't qualify, right, to uh, to be a special teams coordinator, or they left it open. And, you know, that's just too much for one man to handle to coach the entire team and special teams as well. But uh, I think Rich Passaccia brings a lot to the table. He's been around the league uh, longer than most of you have been even been alive, um, and that says a lot that he's uh, he's lasted that long in the in the league. That's another thing that cracks me up, is how fans who have never coached a game, some of them have never played a game. You can have an opinion, right? But these teams have millions and millions and millions of dollars tied up in their coaching staffs, right? And they've done their due diligence and they said, this is the guy I want for this position. But Joe Blow that works down at the Sunoco, right? He thinks it's a horrible decision and he knows better than the front office. I'm not saying the front office never makes mistakes, but let's be honest. I, I'm, I'm going to trust Brian Gudikins, Matt LaFleur, and Mark Murphy over my man that's down there making, you know, 10.50 an hour pumping gas. I'm just being honest. So um, I'm really excited about those coaching hires. I think that you did so many things with Tom Clements. You make the quarterback happy with, uh, and, and also you bring that sense of progression back to the offense. Um, and then with special teams coordinator, you bring someone in who's got instant credibility. People will be able to look at him and go, wow. This guy really, really won the locker room over last year. This guy's been around the game forever. He's a uh, kind of a player's coach. Uh, I think they're going to respond to him real well. So we're already off on the right track when it comes to buttoning up special teams for next year. So now that's all well and good. We got two good uh, coaching hires, in my opinion. Now, what about the salary cap? Well, what a mess, right? I mean, a mess. <laughs> well, we have pretty much made the decision. We being the Packers, I try not to use we much when I'm talking about the Packers. The Green Bay Packers have now made the decision to kick the can down the road. You heard Brian Gudikins on Wednesday. He said, we're all in on this year. We're all in on now. We've got, we understand we've got a small window of time where we can do great, great things. And that's what we're going to attempt to do. So um, with the salary cap, uh, we got some good news this uh, this week from that perspective. If you If you buy into that whole, you know, approach of we want to win now. Everything that's happened with the salary cap this week, you've got to be jacked out of your mind. I'm kind of on the fence. 
I'm more of a long-term uh, thinker. I'm, I'm actually a traditional business owner, and, and everything I do is from, okay, this feels good right now, but how is it going to affect me next week, next month, next year, right? How is this going to affect retirement? Um, so it's hard for me to get excited about things like this where you're basically going all in and voiding contract years and all that and putting yourself in a worse position later on. But at the same time, um, you know, we uh, we kind of we've got a small window of time with Aaron Rodgers, especially winning back to back MVPs where we can do something special. Who knows? We might be able to run off one or two Super Bowls and and, uh, and get five more years out of Rodgers. That may be the case. Some of y'all are cringing right now. So others are jumping up and down. Um, I personally, uh, you know, you don't get Rodgers' talent at quarterback very often. It's easy to allow your emotions to make you mad and and say, oh, the heck with him. I don't, you know, I just wish they'd trade him. Until you've got a Kirk Cousins at quarterback, right? Until you're paying somebody over $30, 40000000 million a year and you're not getting the production you want. Look at Carson Wentz in Indianapolis, right? News came out today that they're uh, they're looking to part ways from him, right? They're looking to get out. Uh, you know, it was actually reported earlier in the week, but pretty much it's common knowledge now. That's a guy that was, you know, one of the most sought-after draft picks and then came right in the league and had immediate success. He, I mean, he would have been the MVP that year had he not got hurt, right? And uh, after that, he fell completely off. I mean – Indianapolis thought they were getting an elite quarterback, and lo and behold, he's the reason that that really, you know, turned them back. I mean, it, it, forget the injuries. Forget dislocating your ankle twice, two ankles in one game. I don't even know how you do that. But it sounds like something I would do getting off the couch going to the fridge, but that's a topic for another day. But you've got someone who was just so careless with the football. It's easy to say, get rid of Rodgers. But what if you're left without that franchise quarterback? That's something as Packer fans we have not seen for a very, very long time, right? So um, so when it comes to salary cap, here's the restructures. Kenny Clark, right? He got a, uh, a contract restructure. And I'm going to give you just kind of the, the short-term effects of these contract uh, restructures, okay? I'm not going to go into all the details. Um, we can discuss it in the comments. We can discuss it on Twitter, however you guys want to do it. But there's not enough time on this podcast to cover all that. They restructured Kenny Clark's contract. And what I want to talk about is how much money it's freed up for 2022. And that number is right at $10 million. So with Kenny Clark's restructure, you got right at $10 million shaved off the salary cap for next year. They restructured Aaron Jones's contract and freed up uh, another $3 million. Doesn't sound like much, but all that's going to tally up really, really quick. They restructured David Bakhtiari's contract. That came out this year. Okay, And what that done was that freed up $9.2 million on the cap. So essentially what you're looking at is through just those three restructures, right, the uh, – the Packers have just about cut that deficit in half that they were over the cap. You know, they've got a date coming up here real soon. Um, I believe it's actually it's either next week or the week after. I should have that. I apologize. But they've got to get under that salary cap number, that, that you know, that, that cap. And right now they're still $28 million over the cap. Now, keep in mind Zadarius Smith. You know, you could cut Zadarius Smith and just about wipe all that out. You've also got people that are on the books that we know are not going to be playing for that amount. Mason Crosby comes to mind. I wouldn't be surprised if the next day or two Mason Crosby's contract gets restructured. You know, you could probably shave off a couple million there. Um, I love Mason Crosby. I've had the opportunity to meet him a couple times at 
autograph sessions and, and banquets and stuff. And what a nice guy, man. What a great dude. Um, Love seeing him have success with the, the heroic kicks and all that. But um, everything that happened this year, as far as kicks getting blocked, you know, he doesn't block, right? He, he, can't, he can't block the defenders while he's kicking the ball, too. I don't put that on him. But, again, that's why we bring in Rich Basaccia so we can button some of that stuff up. At the same time, man, it's hard to, it's hard to justify paying a kicker, you know, uh, four, five, six million dollars a year when special teams is your weakness. If it's going to be weak, that's fine. Spend the money somewhere else. But that's the big issue I have with salary cap is I don't want to waste cap. I don't want to see salary cap sitting on the bench. That's just a waste. You know, a lot of people are bummed out about Zadarius Smith. It's pretty much common knowledge. He's either going to have to do a huge, huge, huge restructuring of his deal or he's just going to get cut outright. We'll talk about the dates to look for those type of moves here in just a second. But um, why why am I okay with losing Zadarius Smith? Well, either he or Preston. Preston played pretty decent last year, right? Zadarius was hurt all year. Uh, being someone who's dealt with back injuries in the past, I'm telling you, that's that's nothing to – Nothing to play with. Um, that's not something that just heals overnight. It's not just, oh, he just needs to rest it. it. You you have no control over whether a back heals or not. And when it comes to Zedarius, that's the situation we're facing. Um, and when we talk about having salary cap tied up on the bench, there's two aspects of that. Either you've got someone that you're overpaying that's not good enough to crack the starting lineup and you're wasting that cap room that could have been used somewhere else, or you've got someone that's on the bench that can perform just as well as a starter or at a starting caliber or even an elite caliber in Rashawn Gary. And the guy's starting for two, three, four million dollars a year as opposed to, you know, whatever the cap numbers, silly, silly number for Zedaria Smith, like 20 million, 22 million, something like that. Um, so I say that because don't get depressed over that stuff, man. I, I look at it as an opportunity. The glass is half full. If Zedarius does get cut, we free up the cap room. It gives Rashawn Gary an opportunity to step in. You know, Bill Parcells used to refer to players like this, uh, like Zedarius or people. It's not a knock against Zedarius. Zedarius is a great football player when he's healthy. But he used to say that there are progress stoppers that are in lineups across the league. And what Bill Parcells meant by that is you've got someone who is a good or even great football player that's starting, but behind them you have someone who's even better, and their progress is getting slowed down because they're not getting the opportunity, the snaps, the, the game time to get in there and really have live bullets thrown at them. And that's what you're seeing with Rashawn Gary. So I'm really excited to see what Gary does with the opportunity, whether Rashawn does a huge restructure, whether uh, Zadarius does a huge restructure or not. Um, it's, uh, you know, time will tell, but um, Rashawn Gary is going to be our go-to elite pass rusher for many years to come. Um, you know, Ryan and I, we were, although we didn't know each other at the time, uh, we were very, very, very um, lockstep when it came to Rashawn Gary when they drafted him and you immediately look at the college statistics you look at what he did and how he mainly just played the run he wasn't really a, a effective pass rusher and you think wow that just doesn't seem like a good pick but he had all these combine measurables all this explosion grade and uh, and things like that 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 caught the Packers you know eye and and lo and behold I am proud to say I was wrong about Rashawn Gary, right? So uh, it's going to be cool to see him develop. But those are your restructures. I just want to give you guys kind of a quick update on that. Still $28 million over the cap, but they're getting in that ballpark. And understand, Rodgers, I think, is still on the hook for $45 million this year. When his restructure comes, you understand they might be able to do something in the Tom Brady ballpark. 
where they adjust Rodgers' contract to where next year he's only making $15 million. It may be backloaded and void, void years and all that stuff. I understand it's a sensitive situation because Rodgers has always been a big pro-union guy, and those pro-union guys typically won't take pay cuts because they know that's hurting that flat line, that base salary per year, whatever you want to call it, um, for players that are playing at an elite level. You don't want to devalue that. But I think he's also looking up and going, look at what Brady was able to do last year. I think he was $15 million on the books last year. Imagine if the Packers only play, paid Aaron Rodgers $15 million per year. And I say per year, 2022. He's going to get his money. You know, the report came out. I'm going to go ahead and step right into this. The report came out that Rodgers, this is from the media, was seeking $50 million per year. Okay? And this is, this is why I'm a fan of the Pat McAfee show in regards to his connection with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers immediately came out and said that was categorically false. Now, could be some wordplay, who knows, but uh, I love that Rodgers has a mouthpiece. Rodgers can come out. If if Pat McAfee hadn't reported that and Rodgers hadn't told him, to, first of all, I know now, having been a Pat McAfee fan for a couple of years, that he doesn't just make stuff up. You may not agree with the way he speaks. I know I don't. You may not, you know, as far as the foul language and everything, you may not agree with his approach to life and the things he does, he, he, he does, uh, quote unquote, recreationally and all that. But the dude has, I've never seen him lie one time. I've never caught him in a lie once. I've never watched something about, well, you said that. You lied. You blatantly lied about that. He seems like a pretty honest dude. And AJ Hawk is one of my all time favorite Packers. I mean, I, I've got his jersey. It's actually the only Packer uh, jersey I ever bought um, outside of Favre was A.J. Hawk because I loved how he approached the game. He was a hard worker. He was a guy that had everything stacked against him as far as uh, expectations. I mean, the guy was a top-five pick. There's there's very little he could have done to live up to be a top-five pick. And he's, you know, lo and behold, he's the all-time Packers tackle leader. Um, I watched him so many times shut down Adrian Peterson over the years. There, I, I remember watching a, a Monday night football game. Actually, it was, yeah, I think it was Aaron Rodgers' very first start. I was watching him play the Vikings, and they won that night. And I remember A.J. was kind of questionable going into that game, you know, with the injury. I think it was actually a back injury, um, ironically. And he came out, and I remember the first two or three tackles he made on Adrian Peterson. And the guy in front of me were sitting about, I don't know, 12 rows from the field in the corner of the end zone. On the end where Aaron Rodgers done his very first Lambo leap, I actually have it recorded on an old camera, um, the video recording of him doing his first Lambo leap. I need to share it with you guys. It's a really cool perspective from the stands. But that guy looked back, I'll never forget, he looked back and said to one of his buddies, he said, I'm so glad Hawk's playing today. Because Adrian Peterson was a game wrecker. And Hawk was one of those guys that he wouldn't he wouldn't care to play jack back or he wouldn't care to, to uh, he didn't care to, to put his nose in there and say, I'll just take on the blocker. I'll spill it, you know, like a like a Ryan Pickett and some of those big defensive linemen. That's that's kind of their job in those thirty four base fronts. Um, you know, it was it was cool to see AJ Hawk and how he would stick his nose in there and uh and, and quick stat on him, which is just mind boggling, is he's never had a concussion is what he said. Um that's amazing, playing middle linebacker and, and never having a concussion that you know of, of course. But uh anyway, I digress. I say that because Aaron Rodgers has came out and said that's categorically false, which tells me he's reworking the deal to do something similar to what Tom Brady did, right? And uh you know, let's say just for giggles, 
let's say that Rodgers does go on the hook for just $20 million next year, right? Well, guess what? We're $28 million over the cap. If they structure it in a way and backload it and kick the can down the road with void years, then we're within $3 million of being under the cap before cutting Zadarius Smith or restructuring him. So if that happens, what's next on the list? Devontae Adams, same type deal. Huge contract, much like Taysom Hill in New Orleans, I would say, where the per-year number is just going to look ungodly. But three years from now, people are going to go, how are they still under the cap? Which leads me to my next point. When the media money drops here in two years, year and a half, whatever it is, it's going to go through the roof. You got big players like Bezos and and uh, or Bezos, however you say his name, with Amazon and and some of these other guys that are they're now dipping their toe into the NFL waters. The salary cap is about to go up immensely. It's really, really going to get interesting. So we're kind of stepping into this time where it couldn't come at a better time as a Packer fan. I mean, we know this money is going to break loose. We know it's coming, right? Why not go all in these this you know this year and, and next year and when the money hits, boom. Yes, there's going to be other teams that are going to be able to outspend you in free agency, but that's not the Packer way. All these guys we're talking about re-signing. You know, outside of Zadarius Smith, look at who we're talking about. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers, drafted by the Packers. We're talking about Devontae Adams, drafted by the Packers. We're talking about Aaron Jones, who got his deal done last year and then already restructured for $3 million, which let's stop for a second and thank the good Lord above for people like Aaron Jones. What a team player. That's a guy who I view as a James White with the Patriots, um, who unfortunately got hurt last year, but just a team leader at running back. He's someone that he is putting in a foundation, He both he and A.J. Dillon, as well as uh, you know uh, other people that they're going to be team leaders for a long time to come. They really are. But you you know with the restructuring and everything, there's there's just that's how the Packers operate. You know David Bakhtiari, right? Got the huge contract here recently. Just adjusted it this year, restructured it so we can get under the cap and do what we need to do. Drafted by the Green Bay Packers, right? That's just that way that they operate, the way that they do business. So that's your contract talk. That's kind of what's uh, what's in place, what to look forward to. It's going to be exciting to see how everything unfolds. If you're like me, you immediately go, okay, when's this happening? When will we know? It's driving me crazy. I'm right there with you. I'm going to talk about some dates here, okay? In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. 
So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Here's some dates coming up that we need to kind of keep an eye out for as as Packer fans and really just across the NFL in general. First things first, March the March the 1st through the 7th will be the the NFL scouting combine. I know there's some talks of players not attending this and that. I think everything will get worked out regardless. The scouting combine is going to be a lot of fun. I'm one of those geeks that I don't watch it like the draft, but it's on in the background while it's going on, right? And I'm going to be uh, – be hanging out doing other things around the house and, and catching some 40-yard dashes and stuff like that. And it's going to be fun to kind of see who are some of the prospects coming up. I like to know what the need is going into the combine. That way I can really key in on a position or two. But luckily in the day and age that we live in, everything's streamed, everything's uh, logged. We can go back and check out some positions of need, which we'll do that on future podcasts to kind of see, all right, what do we think the Packers are going for in the draft? What do you think they spend a lot of time researching, studying as far as scouting tape and uh, and see what we got? So, again, that's going to be um, coming up on March the 1st through the 7th. Now, immediately following that on March the 8th, that's the franchise tag deadline. That is the absolute latest, March the 8th, that the Packers can franchise tag Devontae Adams. I still think that's in play. I think that there's a chance he gets franchise tagged if the deal is not done by then. Now, with these three restructures coming, it kind of makes me think the tag's not even going to need to be used. Everything's going to be done beforehand. But worst-case scenario, the Packers can franchise tag him. If he's so disgruntled, there's nothing they can do. They can still trade him with the franchise tag. There's just some a little bit of maneuvering they've got to do to make that happen. They can also restructure the deal. Um, after the franchise tag is placed. However, it might I believe that needs to be a verbal agreement. They can't remove the franchise tag. I'd have to look into the uh, the uh, the bylaws as far as that goes with the NFL ownership and see exactly um, what the rules are there. Regardless, Devontae Adams is not walking in free agency. Ryan said it a thousand times. Every, anybody who's got two brain cells to rub together knows the Packers were not just going to let him walk into free agency. It was not going to happen. The only time that the Packers do that is when they have a really, really good idea that that player is not going to get offered a maximum contract, meaning comparable to the top three at their position. A good example was Aaron Jones last year. They let him step into free agency because they knew there wasn't a team that was going to absolutely break the bank. And if they did, why not let him walk into free agency and 
pretty much force another team to overspend and then let him come back with the best offer. You know, I feel like Aaron Jones might have lost a little money last year just as far as the structuring because when he stepped back and talked to the Packers, you could tell he was kind of like, wow, I mean, I'm willing to take less to stay here because the grass probably isn't greener on the other side. Um, but anyway, that's uh, that's your franchise tag, tag deadline, March the 8th. March the 14th, clubs early negotiating window with free agents from their previous year. It's my understanding that any unrestricted free agents that you had on your roster the previous year, you get first dibs for two days to try to negotiate a contract, kind of give you a leg up on those players before they hit the open market. That's coming up on March the 14th. March the 16th, it's uh, NFL free agency actually begins. That means March 14th, clubs can negotiate with those unrestricted free agents from the previous roster. And then two days later, bam, at midnight, everything opens up. March the 16th, NFL free agency begins and we're off and running. Guys, this is coming at us like a freight train. I mean, it feels like the Super Bowl just ended and we're already looking at free agency. It's, it's right around the corner, the middle of next month. April the 4th, clubs who have new head coaches, and we all know there was a flurry of new head coaches. I can't remember the exact number. I believe it was eight or nine. Eight or nine clubs, however many it is, that have new head coaches. On April 4th, they can begin their off-season workout programs. You understand that that means you're going to have people in the facilities. You're going to have people, and with COVID starting to now weed itself out, you know, with these latest variants not being as serious as uh, all the geniuses thought they were going to be. But, uh, again, I keep my personal opinions to myself. Um, these clubs, starting on April 4th, are going to be in in their facilities, the new head coaches. On April 18th, all clubs can begin off-season workout programs. So you're going to see players filing in around April 18th and, and actually getting in for workouts. Now, the Packers have always done an excellent job of structuring the contract so that these players are incentivized to come into certain aspects of the off-season program. That's something that they've done really good. Uh, you know, Andrew Brandt, who now has a podcast, a business of sports, I highly recommend you checking it out. It's a great podcast. Um, he could pay me later for the plug, <laughs> but he does. A, he, does he always talks about how that was something that he kind of created in Green Bay. He knew players would not want to come back in the coldest part of the year, and when when other you know in Florida it's beautiful in April, in Green Bay it's still snowing, right? He knew that why don't we incentivize? Why don't we add a little icing on the cake and have them come back? Hey, if you come back and work out with us during this time frame, you're going to get an extra five hundred thousand dollar bonus, whatever it is. It's chump change, really, when you think. About about it when it comes to an NFL franchise, but it's huge having those guys in the offseason. Kenny Clark was quoted last year saying that. They asked him why was he there when other teams were holding out or other players were just kind of laying off of OTAs later on in the year and everything. He said, I need to get my money because his deal was structured in a way that he could get some extra money. I don't know if it was whether it was 200 grand, 500 grand, 800 grand, whatever it was, um, that was incentive for him to come back. And uh, you're going to start seeing people like that file in around April 18th. And then 10 days later, guys, April 28th is the NFL draft. I mean, it's like I said, it's coming fast. It's going to be a lot of fun to, to see how everything unfolds up to that point. My early predictions are there's a good chance that Darius Smith is gone, okay? Um, I think virtually everyone else on the roster is going to pretty much be back as far as the big names. You know, I don't think there's going to be any huge surprise cuts, um, as far as receiver, that's going to look a lot different. They'll have Tay back. 
I think Cobb is another one that will get restructured. If the numbers that I was looking at were accurate, I think he's on the hook for like $9 million next year. It's either 6 or $9 million. No way they're going to pay Cobby that. And Cobb's one of those guys that's willing to, you know, take less, I believe, too. So, um, yeah, it's going to be, uh, going to be a, a little bit more maneuvering in that regard as we approach uh, this March 8th franchise uh, tag deadline. And um, I, I don't know, man, a part of me – Part of me thinks we're going to be looking up in a few weeks and go, wow, we didn't see that coming. And they're going to be a little bit under the cap or they might be able to shop a little bit in free agency too. I know it sounds so silly. You know, we're still $28 million under or over the cap, right? But uh, there's just a lot of things they can do. And now that Rodgers and Brian Gutekinds are on the same page, first of all, give them a hand. There's not anyone in their right mind that thought they would be at this spot that they're at right now. There's not. Because last year, Rodgers was pissed off at Goody. That was the thing. Everybody was saying it was, it was, uh, or, you know, it was, they were saying it was just Goody. I think it was Goody and Murphy, and then Murphy making the comments obviously kind of solidified that. But think of how the tension was last year. And then here we are a year later, and everything's lovey dovey, right? Um, again, I will be very, very surprised, very, very, very surprised if Rodgers isn't back in a Green Bay Packers uniform next year. So, um, yeah, it's going to be uh, going to be cool to see how everything unfolds. That's it. I don't want to ramble. Um, the goal for this show, like we said, is we're going to shoot for you know anywhere from thirty to forty-five minutes. But at the same time, we know you guys, your time's valuable. You're taking time out of your day to listen to the podcast. Um, you know that's time away from your family and time away from responsibilities that you have there as a whether it's a you know just just a man or a husband, a father, whatever. Um, we appreciate your time, and we're going to try to value it as much as possible. There's no sense in trying to fill a show just to a certain minute amount. We just want to give you all the uh, all the details we can and uh, and do it in a timely manner. Where, Like I said, this is going to be one of those shows where you can pick it up, rapid fire, bam, 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 bam. Here's what's going on with the Packers. Here's dates I need to look for. Oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't realize that was going on in that aspect. And I'm going to end it with this, the uh, stock drive. Um, it's important. You know, the Green Bay Packers sold um, – a ton of stock this year, and it looks like what they have done is they've raised, as of right now, the last number I heard was $65.5 million in stock sales. So $65.5 million that will go towards Lambeau Field renovation. We all know they have the investment account as well that's sitting there earning interest every single year. Um, they've got a huge surplus. Now, granted, the thing about these voided years and the restructuring of these contracts is you're converting money to signing bonuses. That's one of the reasons why the Green Bay Packers have shot away from it. They don't have a billionaire owner sitting there just willing to write a check. This is all coming out of that fund we talked about. And Mark Murphy's done an excellent job building that up with Town and some of the other amenities there, local and in Green Bay, which when I was up there in November for the Seattle game, guys, what an amazing, amazing job they've done with Town. With Town, Lambeau itself, we did not want to leave. I mean, we, we stayed an extra two nights after the game. We spent a total of six six days, six nights there in Green Bay, and we still didn't want to leave. We didn't. My wife's got a picture of me sitting in the atrium on a bench outside of the 1919 kitchen and tap, just kind of looking up at the atrium, and I didn't know she took the picture. I'm glad she did, though, because it's just like in awe. I was sitting there, guys, on this bench. And I'm going to wrap up after this. This is really cool. I was sitting there on that bench just thinking, man, I, you know, I can't wait to get back here next year. I'm going to try to make it up at least once a year. Um, you know, we, uh, 
we have some family stuff here at home. We, we got some family members we got to take care of and, and some responsibilities there that's really kind of flipped our life upside down. But we're still going to be able to, I think, make at least one trip a year with the proper planning ahead. But I was sitting there at the atrium outside of the, the 1919 kitchen and tapping. There was these five guys standing in the atrium kind of doing what I was doing. They were standing probably, I don't know, 30, 40 yards away from me, just staring up at the banners of the retired numbers, you know, Ray Nitschke, Don Hudson, Brett Farr, Reggie White, all those guys. And, and I kind of glanced over at them and could hear what they said. I, I couldn't hear the conversation, but I heard what one of them said. He put his hand on the other one's shoulder, and he said, hey, we'll come back. We'll come back. Because they had the same feeling I did, like, man, I don't want to leave this place. It's magical. It's magical. And the people you meet there, man, they would hear mine and my wife's accent, and they'd go, you ain't, here, you ain't from here, are you? And, no, no kidding. And it would immediately turn into, let me buy you a beer. It would immediately turn into just hospitality, and uh, it was cool. It's cool. It's a it's a special organization um, to have the opportunity to you know I say buy into. I'm not one of those owners that go, yeah, I own the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I'm not. I'm not stupid. This is this doesn't pay dividends. This was a donation being a Packer shareholder. It was a donation towards the team saying here's $300 to go towards that renovation because I want to protect and make sure that we secure everything the Green Bay Packers represent moving forward. It's a lot better than having a sales tax imposed on you, um, you know, un involuntarily, right? So, um, yeah, it was cool. It was cool to see those guys chatting in the atrium and uh, and us having kind of the same feeling and, and getting to talk to the the little old lady that works at uh, Crolls West, which is just this staple. If you ever go to a Packer game, you got to slide into Crolls West. It's a burger joint. They have the Wisconsin Burger bur Butter Burger that, you know, you can feel your arteries clogging up as you're eating it. But she was the sweetest lady. She put her hand on my hand at the register and said, I just love your accent. Thank you for coming up to see us. It was awesome. She, I mean, she had to be in her 80s working that register at least 70s and i don't say that to be rude she was just the sweetest lady my, my wife just fell in love with her she had the packer earrings she was all decked out in the green and gold and it was just it was cool we got to go over there after the game so we left the game went back to the hotel um you know grabbed something to drink whatever rested for a minute and then shot over to crow's west as a little post game that's going to be our new tradition when we go up but uh anyway so it's a special place, guys. I could talk about it all day. Um, hope you enjoyed this podcast. We're going to have many more coming. I don't know how often we're going to do them. Me and Ryan are going to chat. Like I said, we don't want to have to add filler. We uh, we want it to be something that it's uh, very, uh, very you know time efficient and gives you guys the information that you want as Packer fans. So look forward to doing the next one. I'll be chatting with you guys. I'm going to be creating a Twitter handle to use for the show so you guys can kind of interact with me on Twitter and I'll make sure that Ryan gets that out to everybody. And uh, moving forward, I think this is going to turn into something really, really nice. We, uh, we, like I said, we've got some ideas up our sleeves, but we're going to take it slow, do it right, and make sure that this is exactly what you guys would want as Packer fans. And that's really how we've created it. We've looked at it and said, man, I really wish, I love NFL Total Access. Love that. I love sitting down at 7 o'clock at night and watching NFL Total Access and getting the news around the league. I need, man, imagine if it was just geared toward the Green Bay Packers. That would be awesome. So that's kind of the, the mold we're using for this this project and we'll see how it goes so appreciate you guys time um it's uh it's always awesome interacting with you guys ryan thanks for the platform man looking forward to partnering with you it's going to be great and if you guys uh need anything you can hit me up let ryan know and feedback is great guys whatever you want this show to be that's uh, that's what we'll make it 
and we'll make sure that we're in it for the long haul. So I appreciate your time. As always, go back, go.